You're listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnston, over here. Uh, me, Martin Johnston, over here. Martin Johnson gets all over the place these Martin days. Martin Johnson is all over the place these days. We're at my work again, uh, the day before the, uh, the interview with Jim. I was thinking we could rebrand your work as our Spinning Fields studio. Yeah, we could do. There's a lot of atmospheric noise in the background, but um, I think that's quite nice. It is. And it's, it's a hum a, of productivity. And it's a lovely view I've got yeah. looking out over Spinning Fields. It's delightful. You've done very well. And i tell you who else has done very well since we last spoke. Let me guess. Stockport County. Stockport <laughs> County. They have done really well. You've got such a massive smile on your face and it's absolutely deserved. Well, I, I said to John Kieran before the Wrexham game on air, um, before kickoff, I said, John, if County can win today, and if County, I'm just going to turn my phone on silent because that's yeah. not very Amateurish. professional. Amateurish. Not, not very professional. I said, if John, uh, I said, John, if County can win against Wrexham and if County can win against Fylde, Playoffs? <laughs> is that is that daft? Am I getting ahead of myself? Uh, and he very tentatively, as you would expect, kind of said, "Oh, just you know, don't go, don't go looking too far ahead." And he's right to say that. But we have now beaten Wrexham, and we have now beaten Fylde. And if we beat Chorley on Saturday, which you've got to say we're favourites to, although Sopel County and Chorley, I don't take anything for granted anymore. If we do win that game. As I was just saying to you off air, that's 10 games played, so the league table you can trust a little bit more. And County will have averaged two points a game. Whatever way you look at it, that's promotion for them. So, is it, so if they can keep that up through the season, um, which is going to be testing, you know, there's, there's, the squad depth is being tested a little bit now, although Conor DeMeo coming on against Fylde last night shows that his injury isn't this thing that it could have been you know when when you hear about people rolling their ankles you oh which way is that going to play out well the fact he only missed one game is fine but um paul turnbull sat out not completely sure on the um on the hows and whys of that one but um the the squad depth is is being tested a little bit so maybe it's time to dip into the market how that affects the the squad i don't know probably find out more from from jim tomorrow but um, we have got those two wins in the bank. We are doing really, really well, um, and it's 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 just a great time to be a county fan, especially if uh, we're only looking upwards. Well, yeah, absolutely. And the first target we talked about at the start of the season was consolidation. You know, stay in this league, find out what it's all about, then start to think about you know promotion. So that, as I say, it's ten games. A lot can happen, but. In terms of that consolidation, find out about the league, find out about this squad. Everything is going absolutely swimmingly. And let's talk about Wrexham specifically. Let's start start with Wrexham. Bit of um, a, a few online reports kind of questioned, was it a smash and grab raid? I must admit, listening to you and John on the radio, it did not sound like a smash and grab raid. Obviously, it was a bit tight at the end. But, you know, I, I think... You know, this is the kind of league, it's a bit like championship, isn't it? There's going to be games where, and there's going to be a lot of games, and there always are a lot of games where, at this level, where, you know, everything happens, or, you know, think you have to keep going till, till the final whistle. That's so common for a county fixture anyway. What was crazy about one of those reports, we, we must add, it wasn't from the official Wrexham outlets, it was from the, the local press around the Wrexham area. And the Wrexham... 
from what I understand that their social output and all the rest of it said exactly what you would expect. They they did play well in times. They they did have reasons for positivity. Um, so they're going to bang that drum, of course they are. But the the quote from the local outlet said something like, "Even the Stockport County media guys were agreeing with me that County didn't deserve anything there, and it was a smash and grab." And I read that and I thought, <laughs> for a start, I took a little giggle to myself, and then I thought. Well, the media guys that I was with, <laughs> they, they didn't say anything like that because, um, yes, Wrexham had spells of pressure, but they're a strong team in the league. You, you likened it to the championship and you're right to do that. And you can you can put it in, in any conversation in any league in the world. If, you have, if you're a team playing a strong team in that division, whether you're stronger than them, equal to them or weaker than them, they're going to have spells of pressure. It's, it's called football. You know, it's both teams trying to score goals. So, yeah, Wrexham had spells. And, yes, it was very, very tentative and close at the end because their tails were up. They sensed that they got a goal. Well, they, they did get a goal. They sensed that the equaliser was on the way. They got a free kick right on the edge of the area. Um, but let's not forget that County should have done better and tested their goalkeeper on a couple of occasions in that time spell as well. So it could have gone to 3-1 and we put the game out of sight. Would they have been talking about a smash and grab if it was 3-1 or even 4-1? Probably not. So uh, a bit of a silly report. So there was a couple of people online saying to us the week before, saying that you and I had been looking at the Chesterfield game and what game were they watching because it wasn't a game of two halves at all. And it's just—it's just amazing how the perception can be so different. And listen, mind people will watch games to us and they will have different viewpoints to us. But when the stats back you up, <laughs> you know, when 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 the the style of play is such. Yes, Wrexham had a lot of shots from outside the box. Did you ever feel worried? No, Ben Hinchliffe has made a couple of great saves, but he's a great goalkeeper. That's why we've got him. He's he's doing his job. So. I've, it didn't fluster me at no point other than the last five minutes did I feel like squeaky bum time or, or whatever the saying is um, we, we did the job we came back home and then by all accounts we did it again on Tuesday I must admit I missed the final game so I can't talk too much um, what I will say is Gary Lineker is now aware that Jim Gannon is on a par <coughs> with Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola you were at BT Sport of course yesterday so you uh... yeah you got a hold of Gary and you told him that, and he said he's going to look into it. No, Gary said I already know that. All right, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously he said that. Um, so on Wrexham, a great event as well as a great game. You know, oh. you posted something about the two sets of fans out doing each other. That really lived up to expectations. Yeah, they were in. The, so the, the the noisy section of the Wrexham fans and the away fans are put uh, in the same corner. So there's a couple of blocks where the two are looking directly at each other. And the noise, even 15 minutes before kickoff, was deafening. And I'd love to sit here and say it was all the Stockport County fans, and it was. They were really loud. But the Wrexham fans gave as good as they got. Um, it was just, it's just what exactly what you wanted. You know, you don't get that kind of stuff at Geisley or at um, Brackley or do you know what I mean? Or Spennymore. It just doesn't happen. With all due respect to those clubs and the fact that we've still got some of them to play and they might come up next season or whatever. The fact that we've still got to go to teams like Boreham Wood where it'll be the same. Okay, we're not back back yet, but we are on the way, as the song famously goes um, and little milestones like Wrexham and Chesterfield they just proved that and it was such a nice touch seeing all the fans give it some of the weekend and, and that's what it proves to me it proves that not just can County you know go toe to toe with these teams on the pitch 
but that you know they're probably going toe to toe is the wrong term but that they're part of this this thing and they are a big club and they're like clubs like that and so you know it's there's a lot there's a lot going on here uh, I just I love seeing the interaction between the players and the fans after the game the players all come down and they're sitting in front of the fans and Conor DeMeo who didn't even play because of his, his rolled ankle he's um you know he's making gestures with the fans and singing along with them and all the rest of it. It's just, it's just a real special moment, and you can tell I think at the minute because there's a lot more people than usual who want to be involved. There's a lot more people trying to be involved in in various different uh, aspects, be it organising fan days out, be it getting involved with competitions or or whatever. They, you know they're just trying to be involved and be a part of the club because it's on the up. You know, ten years ago or so. There, there would not have been that atmosphere there would not have been that many people trying to be involved and it's credit to all involved and then upwards and onwards last night against you know against the team that county had a bit of a ding dong season with last you know lots of games lots of big important games you know the majority county had the upper hand but you know one of the big ones didn't just quite make it and also a debut goal to talk about last night yeah uh, i've got to say so i was on the train back i was hoping to get back in time for the game or at least for the second half last night, it didn't happen. Um, and I was following frantically and furiously refreshing the Twitter feeds of both Fylde and County because I just needed that, that thirst for the update was there. Uh, and when I saw Fylde's tweet that said in the 90 plus two minutes or whatever it was, um, free kick on the edge of the area, Danny Road to take in front of the Cheeland, my heart just... <laughs> I nearly started crying on the train in front of a load of strangers because you just knew what was coming. You just knew it. I refreshed it. The county Twitter page hadn't, it, you know, that that was still saying that the free kick was coming. So I was quickly trying to like refresh them both. And then I just saw on files, um, he smashes it against the wall and it's cleared. I, it, it was almost as good as scoring. <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, it, it, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you that one. Um, so yeah, uh, debut goal, Ben Jack. Um, it's it's a first goal for Ben Jackson. It's, um, it's and it's a debut for Festus Arthur. So a lot of positivity. Um, Ben's looked great since coming into the squad. Um, I th I th if I'm honest, and I'd say this to him, I thought he looked a little shaky at first. But the fact that he's come on and he's got such pace. Um, if he does make an error further up the pitch, he's got that pace to get back and retrieve it. So uh, delighted for him. Um, it it would have to be against Fylde, where Scott Duxbury, who he's coming to replace. Uh, will have seen that, and uh, you know, it's just. But um, yeah, it's, that's just football. And Ben, congratulations to him. Delighted that Festus is up and running as well. He's looking like he could be a real useful acquisition um, in the midfield and in the defence, as Jordan Keane is at the moment, um, who got man of the match last night. Uh, by all accounts, was outstanding. So um, yeah, just. Uh, I don't know what else I can say apart from I hope the other county fans listening shared that relief. When to quote filed, he smashed it into the wall. <laughs> so lots of smiles and lots of faces. County on a roll, fifth in the table. Uh, let's hear Chris's interview with Jim. Jim, Thursday evening, change of scenery tonight. Not at Edgeley Park, we're still down at Manor Farm. Uh, we'll we'll speak about the new signing in a moment. Off air, I've just said to you, you must have been delighted on Tuesday. Yeah, really pleased. Um, it was a game that we were nervous about, um, given our track record against them, the fact that we put so much energy into previous games. We picked up injuries at Wrexham during the week and um, we were concerned, but 
uh, we had a game plan and, and fortunately for us um, the lads executed that quite early on and we got those two goals on the break um, and it puts in a great position we did see the game out and I'm delighted that we again like Rex and we showed the resilience and strength to manage the game and get ourselves to the point where another incredible three points has picked up you and I spoke last week, spoke with John on air uh, on Saturday at Wrexham and the, the talk was all about this is a big two games now. These are two big, strong sides. They've both got ambitions. A county have come away with six points. Is that a statement to the rest of the league? Um, I don't think anybody at the moment. I think everybody's just feeling their way in. I mean, I don't think most, apart from our fans, I don't think most fans realise it was Chesterfield, Wrexham and Fylde. When we looked at the games coming up, we were delighted to get the wins we did get against Barrow and, and Eastleigh because we were thinking, look at them four games coming up, the, the real challenging games, uh, you know, Harrogate away included with those other three wins. So we knew we were in for a tough period. It, it, reminded, it reminded me very much of the Christmas period last year where we knew we were facing the likes of Kidderminster, Alton and Bradford and... and we went, not only did we win all those games, we didn't concede a goal. So it was sort of really defined how far we'd come as a team and how professional we've come in terms of winning games like that, that um, which was the huge difference in the two seasons from last season and the season before was how we did against the teams at the top. And we were starting to win those games. And I think it all goes well for, for our potential this year if we're able to beat teams in around the top seven or have been in the top seven. It's definitely a good measure. We're not... We're still finding our feet and we're still finding out who are the big players. But form suggests that these guys, these clubs are, are not the best teams because of the form they're in. But um, still from our perspective, when you look at their, their playing budgets, their squads, um, the pitches, um, really, uh, we shouldn't be getting wins against teams that are, uh, are setting themselves up to, to get into the football league next year. So uh, it's just great that the lads are rising to that challenge and all credits them. We've spoke a few times in, in recent weeks about the resilience in the squad and on both occasions, Wrexham and Fylde, you've had to survive kind of late scares and late onslaughts. But is that built within the DNA of the team now that they've got this ability to, to lock down together and to see games out? OK, there was a couple of scares with free kicks, but by the sounds of things, County had things pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, it's still, it's still a concern for us because... Um, when we start getting pegged back and the opposition are braver in terms of adopting aggressive shape, uh, there has been potential for us to, to hurt them on the counter-attack. Um, seeing that late on against Wrexham, it might have put a gloss on the scoreline, but they left themselves wide open with the way they were committing. Um, and that's where there's a bit of concern about a couple of our players maybe not taking the pressure off the back four, not taking the pressure off the team by getting us out of the fence, keeping possession up the field, earning us a set play and taking the pressure off us. And when that pressure remained on us, we were really challenged as a team in terms of keeping the integrity of the, the scoreline. Um, I don't know if it's in our DNA, but we certainly know that uh, how to expand and try and win games. We also know how to, the opposite of expand, contract, uh, consolidate and see games out. And so far we've done that and we can... Although it's always a dangerous tactic, it's also an effective tactic because you're leaving no space, no room. You limit them to long-range shots. Uh, we're quite disciplined in terms of not giving away too many fouls or set plays uh, when you're put under that pressure. But the, you know, we, 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 we do need to improve 
because we can't rely on getting early goals and winning games in the first half and then seeing games out with, with that amount of pressure at some point it's going to come at a cost to us but at the moment all credit to the players because the back four look very confident they're well supported by a hard working midfield and the forward players are doing a shift put a shift in in terms of tracking full backs and, and limiting the, uh, the type of quality that comes forward so really pleased for everybody because they put an awful lot of work into these nine games and for them to have as many points as they have and be sat there uh, just as a measure of the sheer effort and work they put in so credit to them On that topic hard work paying off we were speaking off there a moment ago about perceptions we spoke the other week about Chesterfield I felt it was a game of two halves it was mentioned afterwards other people felt differently then we speak about um, other teams press outlets talking about how they've dominated the game and County have come back and somehow stolen it which to us didn't seem feasible how do you think when you look at these games and you look at what the squad have performed, you hear the fans are happy. Are you happy with the way the team are being perceived this season? Um, I, I don't know because I, I don't do an awful lot of social media and obviously I'm not following the games as they're going on because I'm only seeing... Um, but there, there has been phases in games where we've perhaps looked like uh, the inferior team or the team that's been... The, the other team's in control of the game or, or create the opportunity to put... And, and, but teams of all qualities are going to have those periods, uh, home and away. Um, and I can even understand the comments of Harrogate where they felt that what they did was more than enough to win the game. Um, and we were great on the day and didn't deserve much more than we took out of it if you make mistakes and let people in behind you. Um, but I think it's what, what, what we always talk to our players is, um, is about... It's not, the game's not all about possession. It's not always about... Um, it's more about effective football. It's about knowing how to earn opportunities, how to take opportunities, how to create opportunities. And, um, and if you're ruthless enough to take those opportunities and then you're strong enough to be able to see the game out, you win games. Um, I'm really pleased with the amount of goals we're scoring. I'm accepting of the, the goals we're conceding, um, albeit that mistakes and things. But I think if people can say what they like about an individual game. When you win five games out of six, it's certainly not down to luck and riding your luck. It's down to something's in place that's uh, making a team able to score goals and see games out. And in that regard, uh, perceptions will change if we continue to win. And as we become stronger and more able to to be more resilient further up the pitch and be stronger holding on to the ball, I think then you'll see a more complete team that's perhaps deserving more from games. Um, and, and not being lambasted for snatching three points or, you know, um, people judging us as being a team that's got two goals but really didn't deserve to win the game. But uh, again, it's all about, as you, me and you always say, it's, uh, it's not what you deserve out of the game, it's what you take. And, and if, we've, if we've not played well and people perceive that we're not a good side and we've come away with five wins out of six, then that cliche, that... Um, take what you can out of games is a, is, a, is a truth that we certainly are revelling in at the moment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard that comment somewhere previous. Um, one thing I wanted to speak to you about was young players. It's nothing new to see Jim Gannon bringing young players through the ranks. And uh, against Wrexham and against Fylde, we've seen two young players in Alex Curran and Festus Arthur come through, get minutes under the belt, get good reviews. How happy are you to see the next crop, if you like, beginning to come through? Well, I talked about this in my programme notes and um, 
sometimes when you run with a small squad, you, there is a danger that um, you don't have enough first team quality, supposedly. But I always wanted to leave a little bit of breathing space for these players to get their opportunity should we have injuries or an opportunity to play them. Um, and I think um, it was a big, big decision for me. Uh, I was on a course today, the LMA Pro Licence course today, the Masterclass, and we talked about leadership and, and managing people. And I think what I sh shown in the Tuesday game was really um, was having a, a concern and a feel for the younger players because if I had gone out and brought in loans on Monday and basically shut the door on Ben Jackson and Alex Curran and Fester Sarfer, then what am I saying about their opportunities to play? And in a game like that, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to, you know, I've been shy a little bit of giving Alex Curran his debut and trying to find the right moment and then we come to a point where off you go. Um, and I think he did really well, very honest, hard-working performance for him. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see a chance to show all his skills at the other end because of the nature of the game. And then Festival has shown in recent games and Ben Jackson glimpses, but you're making sure you don't play them Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Tuesday. Um, so on a, on a Tuesday night after, I think when you've got two openings in your team to put two teenagers in, uh, shows the trust I have in them as players and uh, I thought Festus was immense in what we wanted him to do uh, be a barrier and then Ben Jackson's pace and his quality with both feet uh, there's always a threat of a goal and um, and a counter-attack and no better players than him and Elliot and Adam Thomas really to, to break on you and create goals and uh, it's nice to see all of them in the goals at the moment And what is it like managing talent like that? Because <clears throat> These are young lads coming through. They've obviously got something in there. That's why they're at this level. They're at this level on merit. No one's done them any favours. They've earned the right to be in the squad. But at the same time, you've got to develop them. You've got to coach them. And you've got to make sure they don't lose whatever it is. If it's that quick thinking or if it's that ability in the air or knowledge of how to tackle or whatever. They're a, they're a young talent coming through who've got something. But at the same time, they need to develop. Yeah, well, um, I think there's, there's lots of aspects to it. The first one is really seeing how they perform on the stage. I think I've got that one from Dario Crowley, where just put them on the stage and see if they perform. Some players will, some grow. And I think that you've seen two players there that are very capable on that stage. I think the other thing that you've got to be mindful of is that when you bring a young player into a group, um, um, there's an importance in certain positions. So there's probably be a big debate why I played Festus in midfield on Tuesday night, as opposed to perhaps putting him into a back four and moving Keane up. And I think the back four was fine and doing really well. But one of the first things I've always done with younger players coming to a side is to put them in a position where if they make a mistake, miscontrol the ball, miss a header, maybe a slightly out position, then do it in a, in a line that doesn't affect that. Um, you know, when we introduced Tommy Rowe, who was a left back with um, the youth team, he played left wing and and Festus has come into midfield the same way that Michael Range and Josh Thompson and players like that were first better into teams. Go and play in there, get on the stage, get a feel of the game, see what tempo's like. But if you make a mistake there, it's not going to cost the team. So uh, in that sense, I think, but they still get to show all the skills, they get to show the touch, the, the, the heading and the pass and the tackling. And that certainly Festus did the other night. So, and then it's questioning them that they, they they grow, they mature, they settle into the game, they, they, you know, they, they start getting a feel of the, the pace of the league and, and playing with their peers. And, and then you can start then putting them into the, the positions that will bring out the real best in them. 
But at the moment, I think I'm really pleased with what both of them have done. And they've certainly helped me um, think first about them. First about our own players, then about the development players, and then only as a last resort. There was times last year, perhaps, when we brought Josh Ashkew in where we could have used um, Dan Cowell, we brought Lewis Baines in where we could have perhaps used Jordan Downing. And why not? I think there was a perception last year every point was critical and in the end it was even the FA Cup and the FA Trophy the revenues that brought to build what we're trying to achieve at the club every point every game was critical I think this year we've got the same mentality but we also have got earned ourselves a bit of breathing space with results above and beyond what we expected to say this is a game where this is a fantastic opportunity to, to give these players experience and if they get to experience that and grow with it then We've got players that are continually growing. Everybody was lamenting the fact that we lost three or four players last year and felt that we'd be poorer for it. But everybody forgot that all 20 players grew last year. So the three that went, we were left with 17 that had grown and grown. And they grew and filled out those positions that were emptied. And I think that's where we're looking to grow more players. And it's that growth, I think, will be the lifeblood of the future of the club. In addition to that growth, you've brought in a new player today on loan, Joe Piggott. Um, I've not seen the whole training session tonight, but from the people I've spoken to, he looked to be bedding in quite well. Just talk to us a little bit about the new boy. Uh, great lad, great attitude. Obviously, he was one of those players that we were monitoring from last year. Um, one of the things I did off-season was look at all the players, that um, young players and, and more experienced players that had been out alone in the National League. A lot of teams were relying on that to fill holes and maybe add some quality at the right time. But I was also keenly aware that those that had been on loan in the National were probably going to try and pitch themselves into the league. So we looked at players that had been on loan in the National North, uh, such as Ben Jackson and Joe Piggott, and thought their next stage in their development uh, next season, or this season as it is to us, is probably the National. Um, and I think that uh, Joe became available. Um, had uh, I heard of him previously at Morecambe because he came in around the same time as Jason as well, but I think his game time was limited. Maybe it was a big jump from that. Then went to Altrincham, uh, hit the headline straight away with a hat-trick against Kurz and then scored against Chester the next game. So he is pricked up at the, the potential that there's a player now that's making a mark at National North. There's one to keep an eye on. So I'm really pleased to bring him in. I think he's coming in at the right time because there's been a... A tremendous load put upon Frank and Niall at the moment. I don't think they're fully fit and able to give everything. So it takes a little bit of pressure off them. And, you know, it's just as well because Frank's coming tonight and not trained again because of his car. So it's one of them where Joe's presence just allows us to maybe not have to uh, overextend uh, Niall's minutes and not having to, to use Frank when he's not fully fit. And I think we have to kind of look at where Frank's at the moment and to maybe treat it like an injury rather than fatigue and, and take a step back, let him fully recover because he's not doing himself any justice being at 70% or 80% and we can see that um, and I'm getting frustrated with that and I'm sure Frank is so I think it's a chance now for us to take him out of the firing line, get a complete rest, get fully recovered and treated and back to your best and get right up 100% and then we'll see the best of Frank as we go forward. So. Right time to make that signing. Um, been working really hard on other signings, but it's a delicate balance because we've got. I didn't expect when I came in tonight to to have five players sit out from training, 
Um, we expected Elliot and Ben Jackson after heavy knocks. Uh, good to see Paul Turnbull back. Uh, but then the likes of Dan Cowan and Frank and people like that sitting out training. Um, not an overly concern, it's probably... But I don't think the, uh, the physio had enough uh, cotton wool to wrap them all up there tonight. Um, but no, we've got, we got a bit of work done. Um, it's a, a, Again, after such a tough game with so many poor tackles and challenges that we, we, did, we needed tonight to regenerate, take stock of where we're at. It's nice to have Joe aboard. I want to make sure that we have the 16 players coming to the weekend. And I, and I think that we'll be, again, on the phone tomorrow looking to add players. And hopefully, um, but at the moment, if we've got 16, we're looking forward to them. And then we've got next week then to, to see how we get Elliot and Frank back up to speed. And then once we get everybody fully fit, we can look forward to a, a really good autumn. I won't press you any further on uh, names or other transfer business, but when it comes to young players coming in or, <clears throat> excuse me, new players coming in, because you've kept the nucleus of your squad together, you've kept practically the whole squad together do you have to manage that process when a new personality comes in there because you mentioned Frank and Niall there and a lot of fans will be talking is this new player to replace them because they've not started the season ripping up trees despite injuries that may or may not be too well known about do you have to manage the dressing room and the mentality to let these players know this is yes it's motivation for you to get back up to the to to you go and earn that shirt so to speak but at the same time, this is not upsetting the apple cart. Well, it's very much a great question because it's very much what the course was about today in terms of effective leadership is managing people and then it's understanding people and how they react to each other. And I think that all our lads are, know each other really well. Um, the players that have come in have blended in really well, nice kids. Um, and we've always, like I said in the past, it was become a bit of a cliche, we were always looking for good professionals, good footballers, but good people because we want them to come into the dynamic and, and everybody's to look at people and respect them, not just as players, but also as people. Um, so the type of people we bring is really important. So, uh, But when I ring the managers that have worked with Joe and, and the way they talk about him, and the same way about Alex, um, they, they can't talk highly enough of him as a person and, and his attitude to the game, his attitude to the job and the type of person he is with other people. So that you know you've got no problems. I consult with the staff about the injuries, I consult with... Paul and the players about what you're thinking about adding players now and they're probably thinking like me it's time for us to add one or two um, I, I, I mentioned some players and what type of players and you know we're very open-minded the lads to whoever comes in because you know they're all fairly secure in the position that they feel amongst themselves and, and with me and the staff because we all know each other so well but um, so there's no dramatics on that. It's not a closed shop. There's not a like. Uh, but we've got a very strong group, and it, but it's but it's a very open group that's very willing to accept other people, um, and those that leave they wish well, and they they're all part of the wider group of players that have been here. But from our perspective, it's um, there's a, a good dynamic amongst the group. But I think people like Niall and Frank, there's always going to be a concern about the position. But when you remind them that. Uh, the rotation, possibly a play in two, the rotation needed for two centre forwards, you need more than two players who are not fully fit. So I think they, they know where they stand and, and that they're going to be given every chance to prove themselves this year. So if anybody comes in, they know it's probably for their benefit and their welfare and for their long term 
for them to step back, get fully fit and take the pressure off them so they're not not de-energised by their own flatness or their own fatigue or their own failure to be able to anywhere near 100%. These guys will all want to play at 100%. And if they're not 100%, they know when it's time to say, I'm not doing myself justice, I'm not giving to the team. So you're doing the right thing, bringing another body to bring us to that level where everybody's at 100%. And when we get everybody at 100%, let's see what kind of side we are then. I was going to move on, but something you, you mentioned there pricked my ears up a little bit about the way you mentioned you would speak to Paul Turnbull before players come in. Now, Paul's obviously a player that you've worked with many times in the past. You clearly know him very well. Does that does that connection help? Because obviously you're the manager of the team and you've got the relationship with the players, but ultimately you, you have one leader in the dressing room who is your, your go-to. Uh, it sounds like Paul's got quite a big role in the dressing room there. I talk to other players at different stages if if I feel it's appropriate to them, you know, um, like what I spoke to Jordan Keane about. Uh, I've got Festus coming to the side for Paul. What's your thoughts? Do you want to stay at home, play back back four? Are you enjoying it there? Do you want to go in midfield and take the pressure off it? And we'll have a conversation. What's it like to play with him? What's it like to play against him? And you're always um, bouncing ideas and, and learning how people are thinking. With Paul, um, I felt that if we're going to do, whether it be whether we take a bus to Chorley or, or what time we have the meal at and, and how we handle an issue, um, I'll always consult the players because how they feel about something as a group and as individuals is really important to the decisions we make. And they feel valued for that and their contribution. Um, I think Paul, Paul will probably have a feel about what's going on and um, you don't speak to all 20, you don't send emails and look for responses or questionnaires, you just get a feel of what players are thinking and I think everybody respects, I like to think they respect the decision when I ask him, do you want to give everything first and then when you're exhausted I'll then bring somebody in to give you a rest or have you got much left? Do you want me to stick with you? And yeah, Gaffer, please, you know, I'm, I'm grand. I'll be fine for Tuesday. You know, don't you don't need to bring anybody. I'm gonna be all right. I'll get through this. I'm a bit tired, but I'd still give you 100. percent And it's great attitudes, and that's why I, I want to give them every opportunity. And that playing when they're fatigued and playing when they're perhaps not at the best is all part of uh, the learning of, of an intense, very difficult league of 46 games a season. They've shown that they can do that last year and they're going to do that this year. Uh, but, yeah, we're always... I think that's where I've got to know myself and I've got to know them and know what motivates them and what makes them, brings out the best for them. But I am a little bit like a father figure thinking, I can't be too hard, I can't be too demanding. I don't want them playing to the point that they're breaking down and, and, and getting injuries and then feeling a bit disappointed and broken. Um, I think we've been really respectful of making sure that they all stay uh, as fit and fresh and healthy as possible because when they play, we want them to be able to give the best. So back to matters at hand then. You were mentioning a few moments ago that results have been above and beyond and you mentioned the final game was a bit tricky because we had history with them last season. Well, this weekend it's Chorley and uh, with the way the results have been going, should County get a win? I'm sure you're already aware of this stat, but if County get a win, that's 10 games played, 20 points two points per game which is uh, not a bad average to another, be going at another statistical cliche of um, <laughs> promotion form uh, look it would be a tremendous stat um, and when you you know when you've got two points in three games you just start thinking well, we better not look at how much percentage that is so for us to actually pick up 15 points from six games is tremendous um, 
Yeah, well, well, look, 20 points isn't enough to stay up. Um, so it's a long, um, you know, they say form is temporary, class is permanent. So let's just see whether that class is there amongst the group. Um, they've shown it last year in terms of their consistent throughout a long period of time and unbeaten runs. Um, yeah, but Chorley's going to be a tough game. And that, that wasn't me being cliche, I think. Chorley started every game very, very competitive, like they do every every game at Victory Park. Um, and they'll be increasingly determined to, to, to try and get a win, to try and get a clean sheet, try and get a foothold in the game and grab three points, whether it's deserved or not. They'll be doing everything in their power. I think when we played them last Easter Saturday, they were highly motivated. You could sense that the, it was a defining moment in the season. This is where they get a grip on the, the trophy. This is where they take ownership of... The, the future number one spot and they were highly motivated and very difficult to play against um, perhaps they won't be as driven and motivated and as confident as that time because of the very nature of uh, the season they had last year and where they were at um, and you know it's been tough for them and it could have easily been tough for us but we found that ability just to score the odd goal more than the opposition we got points on the table but I still think they haven't changed dramatically they've still got a lot of great values and great work ethic and great structure about what they do I think they've just been like every every team at this level been found wanting in a few areas where the opposition just have that little bit more now that little bit more sharpness that little bit more physical presence um, so it's going to be an extremely difficult game for us um, we're going to go there and set about trying to win the game like we always do um, but it's going to be a tough game uh, no doubt about that I'm sure that they'll be like Highly motivated, very driven, um, got a lot of good strong players, very good on set plays. So all the challenges are going to be there. Completely different game than what we faced in, in all other games because of the, the nature of it. A very familiar type of game to us. Um, no, but we're all looking forward to it. Um, it. We can't take anything for granted just because you've beaten Chesterfield, Rex and Harrogate. Sorry, um, filed and beaten supposed playoff teams uh, or promotion contenders that going into a team that hasn't worn or uh, I know what this league's all about in every league and these are these were tougher games in many regards because these teams make it hard for you to beat them and and always then leave yourself vulnerable to what they offer the other way so tough game uh, but looking forward to it uh, hopefully we dust a few people down we get back to the energy and excitement of the, the previous matches and all the, uh, the the good players are available to us and then We'll give a good account of ourselves like we do every game and, and if we do then we've got a chance of winning the match. Do you have any concerns over, you talk about players sitting out training and young players coming in, does it concern you at all going into the game against Charlie? Because they're, they're an experienced side, okay, they're, they're not they're not having the rub of the green so far this season but you look at the players they've got in that squad, they're experienced guys. Yeah, uh, well, I've probably got more concerns this evening than going into this game than any other game previously. And uh, as you know, uh, when Luke left here, uh, we'll probably have an hour's conversation tonight. Uh, everything from Jake Kirby and Darren Stevenson. I mean, Darren's coming out of his pot next week um, and then should be in six weeks' time back on the training pitch, which is great news for him. Jake Kirby, uh, obviously, is still assessing uh, an awkward fall and it's a perhaps opened his knee up a little bit. Um, so we've been talking about those players, which we already know are going to be out. And, but then we're going to be looking at players like Ben, Elliot, and Frank, about the knocks, uh, where they're at, um, 
could they be fit? Could they be strapped up and play? Uh, is that the right thing to do? It, will, will they be able to perform well? Um, so we'll be talking about that. It's, it's good to have Paul back. Uh, it's good to have people like Festus and Alex all looking really confident and stronger and fitter for being involved. Um, having Joe in is great as well. So, yeah, a um, healthy group. Um, we're going to have to obviously see how the next 48 hours go in terms of one or two players. But like what we did with Paul on Tuesday night, um, we'll, we'll take people out if we think they're a risk because I'd rather they miss one game than a month. Um, so, um, but they are knocks and manageable injuries. So, if these these players are out for one game for this game, then they'll only be out for this game, and then they'll obviously have a free week next week in terms of building up for the coming games in September. But at the moment, we're just looking forward to uh, we'll have a, a good group of players uh, forming the eleven and uh, a good bench. So, we're looking forward to to Saturday now. I'm aware this has gone on a little bit longer than usual, but a lot going on at the minute. Just a couple more things. Um, ben Hinchliffe, 150 games for the club uh, during the week. Cause for celebration for many fans. He's done it on the, on a win as well against File. Just if you could put into a few words, your shot stopper. Well, well I didn't realise he played that many games, but it just goes to show you. I mean, I've, I've consistent. I mean, you'll often see people paraphrase me saying he's the best keeper in non-league and... And some people might think that's disrespectful to other keepers that perhaps um, I'm not aware of that are in non-league, but he's been a fantastic servant for us. Um, we're very fortunate to get him and we've got to always remind ourselves how we got him. It's the team goes full-time and we were able to, to bring him in here. Tremendous professional, tremendous attitude to the game and, uh, and you know, he's one of these guys I talked about today at the course and said he's a, he's a full-time part-timer. You know, he, he lives and, and does everything like a, a full-time player. Um, everybody's aware of his ability. I mean, we've seen that in the last couple of games. Um, fingertip saves, pushing shots that are destined for goals into, in, onto the post and come and punching things clear and playing his part in terms of that solidity and that confidence that we have amongst him, the back four and all the players in front of them. But really, really pleased uh, to have him for another year. And again, if I can pay any respect to anybody, one of the reasons we haven't flipped over to full, to, uh, full time this season, a lot can be made of the budget and a lot can be made of training grounds and all that. They've all will be sorted and resolved. But one of the main things is that I didn't want to lose my team from last year and, and the main players, the, the Ben Hinchcliffe's and the Ash Palmer's and people like that. They, they give us a certain confidence and security going to this season so very much part of the success that we've created in those 150 games because in those 150 games we've seen that team rise and rise to the highest level we've seen for six or seven years final thing from me uh, later in the podcast we're going to hear from a county legend that we bumped into uh, at Wrexham last week it was Peter Ward he was delighted to see you as a county fan it stirs something seeing Jim Gannon and Peter Ward give each other a big hug on the sideline especially after a win uh, away against a big club like Wrexham what was it like seeing Wardy? Oh great you know real surprise actually because you know normally he lets me know he's going to be there but uh, as I always say I mean people forget you see uh, Pete, Pete was crazy he's a legend here but he's also a legend at Wrexham I mean the, the things that he achieved there um, and he's got uh, he's held in a real high regard there so it's nice to see him at the game it's nice to get his opinion on us and what we're achieving um, but you know what a great player and what a, a great person so it's always nice to. and then along comes Wayne Phillips as well so another another player that you know 
championship player from Wrexham and from Stockport. Um, so it's always great to meet up with people like that because not only is it nice to meet nice people from your past, but also it stirs up all those memories that you've built up together and, and, and all the times that we played against each other at such great stadiums. So, and perhaps that's why I have such a, uh, an affinity with Wrexham because I, I think they like us, they're, they're a solid club and, and I wish they were back in the leagues like, like ourselves. So, but yeah, no, great to see him and um, I'm sure that he'll have um, some great one-liners on that interview. So um, looking forward to meeting up with, with Peter at another game soon. I won't tell you what he said. Jim, <laughs> thank you very much. No problem, thank you. So Chris, you didn't see last night's game, but obviously uh, Wrexham was a big one and you've, you went, you went got with people at Edgley Park at the end of the game last night. Who's your player of the week? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Jordan Keane. Um, even though I didn't see the game last night, he was he was pivotal um, against Wrexham. I think he's a player that has improved so much. Um, he had a great season last season, um, but for me, there were flaws with the, maybe not flaws, maybe it's the wrong word, but there was elements of his game he needed to improve. And he has, for me, he has done that. There's still work to go. I mean, there is with all of these players, but. Um, at the minute, he's just showing how a player can develop and how a player can progress. We already know that Jim Gannon can do this with players. We've already seen enough examples. Um, but to go, you know, to go to Wrexham uh, and then to uh, against Fylde, two teams that you would fancy as being up there, two teams very strong. He's up against Jason Oswell, who he never played with at County at Wrexham, but he'll know the name. And he'll have heard of him, and blimey, I'm up against this guy who is known as a lethal finisher, and he'll be desperate to score against his former employers. And he's had to do that. And, uh, alongside Ash Palmer, who, you know, uh, as they say, just heads everything back. I can't repeat the exact terminology. But he wins everything in the air. It, those two have been immense and, and absolutely key to this incredible start to the season. So, uh, Chorley on Saturday... Uh, fifth place, Stockport County against hmm. Chorley, who are not in fifth. <laughs> we, you could even say they're bottom of the table because they actually are. Um, yeah. But a team that, um, and a, again, you know, a team that County got the better of last season, who, and they had a very good season, but County got the better of them, but struggled a bit against Chorley in the head-to-heads last season. Yeah. So it could be. How do you see Saturday going? <clears throat> uh, it sounds ridiculous that a team fifth playing a team bottom shouldn't feel confident but because of everything that happened last season I, I, I don't I, I, have, I have confidence in Jim Gannon and confidence in the players but as a, as a, as a game as an occasion um, Chorley like you say last season it would be it would be fitting of football for them to derail us if you like at the moment because um, they they had that game last season where it looked like they, they'd snatched the title from us having to be fair having held it for most of the season We'd gone and, and taken it off them. It looked like they'd just about done enough, uh, enough with two games left to go. Um, so th- they're struggling this season, but they'll have a point to prove against County. They'll be up for it. They'll be ready for it. Um, it's it's a tricky one because it's it's a difficult pitch to play on. It's known for being a difficult pitch to play on like, at Chorley. So we'll have to we'll have to adapt to the conditions. But the County. The county that we're used to now for this season have shown that they can adapt every week. You know, be it um, Chesterfield at home, where they bring 
uh, an army of fans there. I think it would be about a thousand fans that Chesterfield bought, a huge number of them. Be it Wrexham away where the noise is deafening, be it um, you know uh, Barrow at home where they're out playing, be it Maidenhead on the first day of the season. Um, they they have they've been in so many scenarios, and so we've got to go. We've got to we've got to show something to Chorley, but Chorley last season didn't cover themselves in glory I don't think and I think if we can go and just be professional about it forget all that stuff leave it at the door um, if the script is stuck to we should be looking at a win and that's as we said at the top of the show uh, average of two points a game in any division albeit except for the Premier League last season two points a game is is decent I think maybe controversially but I think that Given the three points that are being banked, given that some of them are tough places to go away, I don't think a point away at Chorley is the end of the world, personally. And you know, to, to build on that, I think on that pitch, with the fact that they will be up for against County, with the fact that they're you know, probably not the bottom side, won't be the bottom side come the end of the season, all that thrown into the mix, another win will be a huge statement. Yeah, it'll be massive. I think... A draw, you know, like you say, it wouldn't be a, fair, a, a bad result. This is the team that pushed and pushed and pushed for the league title in the division below all last season. The squads haven't changed that dramatically, so it's a close one. You know, I think the I think the performance is probably more not more important, but the performance is 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 really important because there'll be some tired legs to use the old cliche. Um, be, you know, they've been up against it at County, sort of Charlie. But if County can be dominant, put a game on, and if it's a point they come away with, or if it's three happy days, if they roll over and get a draw and scrape one, then I don't think people look at it too keenly. But I don't think after after ten games, um, even if we do lose on Saturday, I don't think there'll be many people complaining or who wouldn't have taken this position ten games ago. Absolutely, you know, as you say, the position is, is key, uh, and as you also said, the performance is probably more important than the result. Given that, who are you looking to to perform? Who who are you going to? Who's your one to watch this week? <coughs> uh, I've got to look at Niall Bell um, because it, ding dong, it looks like he's going to lead the line. He, you know, he's um, he stepped in for Frank, and Frank was obviously the first choice number nine. He got the number nine shirt. He started the season at number nine. Belly had a, a little bit of a an issue in pre-season with slight injuries and knocks and stuff. So you thought, is that going to knock his confidence? Not on your nelly. No, he's, he's He's come in and he just looks fantastic. He's got a couple of good goals under his belt now. So um, for me, you, you can't beat an exciting number nine. It's, it's just it's one of the joys of football to watch it, an exciting number nine. So um, let's, let's hope he can carry on. Uh, even if he doesn't get the nod, if he comes off the bench, he's got something to do, something to contribute to every game. So it won't be for the first time this season, it won't be for the last time this season. Now Bell is the one to watch. You'll have seen the news tonight that County have a new boy on their books. Joe Piggott has signed on an initial one-month loan from Wigan. Earlier at training, I caught up with the new striker. Joe, welcome to Stockport County. First training session done. How are you finding things? Yeah, really good. Obviously, it all came around sudden yesterday, but here today, signed all the papers and I'm happy. Yeah, good first session. County went up as champions last season, formed beginning of this season. Uh, the fans happy, everyone's looking positive. It's good things in the league. Are you looking forward to getting running with that? Yeah, 100%. I'm just hoping I can add to it, add to the good start, add to the good quality of players and get some wins and get some goals. 
What do you know about the manager and the team and, and Stockport County in general? Well, obviously I know they're a massive club. Massive club, huge fan base and all round everything about it is just a good team. So I'm hoping we're just getting back into the league this year. Just give us a little bit of insight on, on your history, your your experience as a player. I started off as a kid at, I was at Everton growing up. I've been at Rochdale, Dundee United, Warrington, Wigan, Altrincham, Morecambe. So I've been at quite a few clubs for a 20-year-old. So I think I'm not experienced in the men's game, but I'm getting there and I've played a few games. So I'm just hoping to add to it here and get my name about. Ask a silly question. Are you looking to, to get started straight away? Do you want to jump straight into the squad or do you think that's not how it'll work? Oh, well, I'm hoping to jump into the squad, yeah. I mean, I spoke to the gaffer, we had a good chat and it looks all good and I'm hoping the Chorley game I can get some minutes and do well. It's a big time for the club, Joe. Welcome aboard to Stockport County. Thank you very much. After the incredible 2-1 win at Wrexham away on Saturday, I bumped into Stockport County legend Peter Ward. It was an incredible experience, not just to speak to Peter, but hear him open his thoughts on such a game, being a Wrexham legend himself. After the game, I caught up with a midfield maestro himself, who gave me a lesson or two on how to take the perfect free kick. Peter, what an afternoon, bathed in sunshine. As a neutral, can I call you a neutral, being a legend of both clubs? How was that game for you? Um, I enjoyed the game, enjoyed the result, but as I said, I, I came as a guest of Wrexham today, so I have a bit of red on us today, but you know, I, just to see the fans at the end of the game, Stockport fans, unbelievable. I mean, the noise they made, was a, it's quite frightening when you sat over the other side, like, you know, and yeah. really, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the game, thought County, well, yeah, thoroughly deserved the win, and I think they're looking quite strong you know quite look like a proper team we were saying before the game both sets of fans be it the way the ground is laid out and there's the noisy Wrexham section right next to the away section uh, both sets of fans making loads of noise is that what this tie this fixture is all about it doesn't matter the yeah. division does it this is a this is higher than non-league well it, it is uh, you know uh, last time I played here when County we played against County I was playing for Wrexham and there were, I think there was 9,000 on and it was just like that the atmosphere was like but it was League One and we're both teams were top of League One so and now both teams are in the conference so mm. it's uh, it is it, it seems a bit strange you know when you come to a non-league game and you've got crowds like that the fans baiting each other and it was like a proper football league game wasn't it it certainly felt like it and speaking of in the football league Jim was recalling memories of when we were in the football league bringing young players in like Tommy Rowe when he's talking about bringing on Alex Currens today when you see the young players coming through and what Jim Gannon's doing with this team does it, does it bring it all back? Hey, it does yeah yeah I was sitting in the stand watching them and I can see him shouting and barking and all and it just <laughs> brought good memories back you know and so saw the young kid come on Curran I think he did really well he, he looked like he's got a bit to learn but he looks as if he's got a bit of skill and uh, I was quite excited when he came on you know but uh, as I said people like Tommy Rowe from the past you know yeah. uh, kids that you grew up with like and you, you see them develop and I just like current, hope Kevin develops and gets half as good as Tommy Rowan would be happy what can County do this season uh, and be honest you don't have to say promotion but they, they look quite good well, they look good yeah but I'm saying like it's it's one of them it's a long hard season and when, when your squad is in big and you, the other teams are full time and you know it's going to be difficult like you know it, it's only the beginning of the season and things are going quite well at the moment you know it's, it's going to be a big tester for them you know this is a tough league in fact I saw a few games in league two last season I think some of the teams are better in the national, mm. the, uh, national league than there. just finally 
saw you catching up with Jim just a moment ago. You two are good mates. Is it, is it always good when you get the chance to have a quick catch-up? Yeah, it is, yeah. Sometimes I get a word in. <laughs> Peter, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, go and uh, carry on that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Great to see you again. And you. Cheers. Thanks, man. Fantastic. So, who's the hatter? The, no. um, the public-facing, the voice of, the, of Stockport's version of who's the hatter? As in, we've handed it over to you, the public, to ask us who's the hatter. And I'm always going to get these right. <laughs> I'm always going to get these right. Um, so yeah, Google. so this so this started we this started with um, uh, a, a fellow getting in touch um, on through social media, sending us a message saying, "How about you use this guy?" And it sparks off a great idea, uh, and now more people are getting in touch. So this week. <clears throat> Ian Dowden, <coughs> excuse me, clear my throat, has got in touch on Twitter. He sent us a message. Uh, which account did he send it to? He sent it to my personal one, which is fine. You can send it to either that one or um, at Live SCFC. We'll take either or. Uh, and he sent us a message saying, Here's a question for the former county player, or as we call it, who's the hatter? So, pens and pencils ready. We're going to put this out, <coughs> excuse me, out to the wide audience. These are three facts about a former county player. We're asking who is this Hatter? He's a Welsh footballer that was born in Bristol. Okay? That's quite that's that's fact, two for the price of one. Fact number one, yes. Is that two for the price of fact one? Fact one okay. and one point five, yeah. Uh, a Welsh footballer born in Bristol. The second one, the second fact, is his middle name is James. Okay. okay, so he's a Welsh footballer born in Bristol, uh, and his middle name is James. Your final fact of the day is he is currently the head coach of a soccer team. <laughs> a soccer team, you say? A soccer team. So, he's a Welsh footballer born in Bristol, uh, middle name James, currently the head of a soccer team, head coach of a soccer team. I know who it is. When you say head coach, you mean manager. You know, what is this? Head coach of a soccer team. Uh, I can only read the cue cards in front of me, Martin. Um, he's the head coach of a soccer team. I will, I will tell you that I, who I think it is next week, but I'm I'm ninety percent confident, ninety five percent confident. I know he's the head coach of a soccer ball team looking for a shutout this weekend with the Portsmouth Pirates against the Chorleans. <laughs> uh, you can join. Chris, of course, with Mr. John Kieran for live match commentary on Imagine 104.9 FM of County's trip to Chorley this Saturday. Chris, thanks. Cheers. Cheers.